0: Five years after Vesuvio opened as Vesuvio, City Light, uh, Lawrence founded City Light. So that brought in the, the writers. And of course, bookstore writers, bookstore writers. I mean, and bar, book writers' bar, bookstore.
1: Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a podcast all about the people and places that make this city unique. I'm your host, Jeff Hunt. That was Janet Clyde, co-owner of Vesuvio Cafe, one of my favorite SF bars. Janet is our guest on today's podcast. When we met to record at Vesuvio in late October, I was a little early, but Janet showed up right on time. She was immediately confronted by some issue at the place, electrical or lighting, I'm not sure which. As the boss, she had to tend to that. No worries. I settled into the exact booth where, two weeks previously, I recorded with Vesuvio bartender Joanne Eliochi, which you'll hear next week. It's also the same spot where, six years ago, Rob Vell Smith and I sat down to record the very first episode of this podcast. In this episode, part one of four, you'll meet Janet and hear both the story of Vesuvio the bar and her journey to San Francisco. Which dates back to the late '70s. Here's Janet.
0: Well, you have a lot of choices in San Francisco when true. it comes to bars. This is there true. is a bar for everyone this here, is... every type of person, every interest. You can find a bar if you're a Phillies fan, if you're, yeah, you know, <laughs> correct. Um, if you're an artist. Uh, it, uh, there's a bar for everyone and i think that's if you're old if fabulous. you're young if you're yeah that's right that's my wife
1: right. and i just before this uh had a couple irish coffees at the buena vista speaking of we hadn't been there in a million years and it's like we both have fridays off we're like let's go when it's not too crazy buena Vista
0: yeah. is one of those places i call um what is it a a a, a, a touristic spot that locals love correct That locals absolutely love we have a few
1: of those here I I consider Alcatraz one of those
0: do you love Alcatraz
1: I well, I it's been a while since I've been there but I'm like the two or three times I've been there have been I've lived in San Francisco 23 years I'm pretty much local Um, but I love going there it's really special my wife is from the Bay Area and has never been. See, I like,
0: love Fisherman's Wharf. I am a big fan of Fisherman's Wharf. I there's a lot of good it stuff was there. great during the pandemic. Um, it was great before the pandemic. I just like wandering around down there, seeing you know things that there's a lot of old San Francisco that still Correct. is at Fisherman's Wharf. I
1: was just saying the other day when I kind of when I noticed the change in the weather, meaning cold mornings, cold evenings, warm days. I was like when the weather actually changes in probably November, or December
0: mm-hmm.
1: on a cloudy day, we need to go down to Fisherman's Wharf and get a sourdough bowl. Mhm. I'm like I, I there are still places that serve a legit delicious affordable.
0: Right, old school. Old school. Old I was just school. I was just saying that the other day. Yeah, totally. It's um it's great for families. I think it's great for solo travelers. Um it's romantic in its way and I you know I love it. You know there are old uh, crab boats down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe DiMaggio's boat mm-hmm. is down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the first, well, the old the old skiffs that used to crab. How small are they? Right. They're almost as big as this booth. Like they are tiny, right. and they would go out in it the fall. It was just
1: people in them going out and
0: right, doing this. and they're very very small right. and that that harbor is just it's so worth seeing yeah it's so worth seeing and there's the fisherman's chapel mm-hmm. Uh I just love it so that's a touristic spot that locals love correct now Vesuvio that brings <laughs> me full circle to Vesuvio yeah. which kind of has always been a little bit of everything for everyone hmm Kind of bar. Okay. I think it's been eclectic. I think it's a. It's clearly for many people their first stop, their first date, mm-hmm. um, their first. A lot of firsts happen here. Yeah. Um, their first drink in a bar legally.
1: Firsts and lasts, or just
0: first? just first. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there've been some lasts, but we don't hear about them. We right? tend to. We tend to focus on the firsts, the first. and um, this was the first place i stepped first bar i stepped into in 1978 oh. so Holy moly. i was dropped off right in front of city lights by a by a navy officer i was hitchhiking up from la he picked me up in Boneray, dropped me off there and said go in ask you know ask for directions they'll orient you at
1: city lights at
0: city lights okay. and so the first bar i walked after i got oriented at City Lights. Mm. It was true. Uh, I walked over here, and it was just rolling. The mm. place was full. Uh, 78. Was in 78. Okay. It was absolutely packed. A lot of suits and ties, a lot of different kinds of people. Yeah. And I was so blown away that I left and went, over to, um, went up to Grand Avenue <laughs> and didn't come back really until I was hired to work here. Right. Okay. So, wow. But it was the first bar, and it was always... Uh, represented to me as the quintessential San Francisco bar and even though we're not as old as other bars we have over the years come to be known to be associated with San Francisco for being colorful and whimsical and patronized by so many different people different kinds of people Um, for instance Paul Kantner of the Jefferson uh, Airplane was a big big fan and had been coming here I mean he was born and raised here right, so right. you know he is part of that you know generational history of, of, of the bar so mm-hmm. but he among many many others yeah so we have so you know we appeal to so many kinds of people that it's 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 uh, pretty fascinating and we're pretty grateful for that for yeah. being in this intersection of you know Chinatown North Beach downtown you know the Barbary Coast mm-hmm. I mean we're really smack dab in the middle of mm-hmm. what you know is the Barbary Coast functionally so right. yeah so again you know I think I think Vesuvio I used to call it the welcome wagon. San Francisco's oh. version of the adult I welcome like wagon. Like you
1: that. could come in. And there's also the wagon thing. No,
0: well, bandwagon <laughs> or on the wagon. <laughs> on or off. We have tea. We have non-alcoholic <laughs> yeah. options. If right. you want to be on right. the wagon, that's right. cool. Right, right. But, uh, but it's always been super... Um, hospitable, which is part of North Beach, really. The character yeah. of North Beach is, is, you know, a hospitable. All are welcome. Very much, um, very much part of the Italian heritage of North Beach. Mm-hmm. Part of the uh, the seafaring heritage of North Beach.
1: Artistic too. Very That's much. Right. That's
0: very much. It was on display. It was. It was uh, Henri Lenoir who bought the bar from the from Mrs. Minetti, the Minetti family. It was a restaurant, a Napolitan restaurant called Vesuvio,
1: right uh, here in this location. Right here
0: in this location, the kitchen was in the back. Okay. And she. This is the original. This is the original Vesuvio business. Yeah, the, that was here. Was the, the original. Well, it was a bookstore. It oh. was actually. It was actually. Let's go all the way back. Ecvalli a- Books. Books. It was Icavalli the Books. first, and the first Italian language bookstore on the West Coast. Okay. It's Cavalli which moved to City Lights space uh-huh. when it became when it turned into the restaurant they moved to City Lights space and then they moved up to Columbus Avenue okay and if you go to it's on Stockton Street and if you walk in there are some wonderful photographs of City Lights and Vesuvio as Icavali as, uh, Cavalli, as Icavalli, uh Italian books
1: do you know when they open here as a bookstore like- I don't
0: but I do know that on January 1st and I've forget the year when Mussolini gave his famous uh, new year's day speech okay the it it was a bookstore and we have a wonderful photograph of men in their overcoats and their fedoras standing out on columbus at like around to hear on the radio on the wireless on the radio that's yeah. right listen to Mussolini's probably the 30s
1: speech. then
0: oh yeah it was before 30s, world war Two.
1: I don't want to jump ahead but you all just celebrated 75 years as a bar as a
0: bar Got as it. a bar okay. because we have not done the research to find out when Mrs. Martini turned it in, you know, when it became an Italian restaurant. And there was some contention, you know. Well, we didn't buy it. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, you did. And Henri actually had a naming contest to change the name. He was like, okay, let's change the name from Vesuvio to what do you want, you know. Call it Henri's, call it Henri Lenoir's, call it Henri Lenoir's Vesuvio. Well, fortunately... Fortunately, better sense won out, and they did not change the name. I think it's because maybe Henri didn't have the money to change oh, the change name the sign. and the, and right then, and to the DBA, yeah. right, yeah. to do all that yep. work. So, yeah. so fortunately for us, uh, the the name remained, and fortunately for us. But Henri was a Swiss, uh, Swiss, what is French, Swiss. Uh, Bon Vivant. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. Bon and, Vivant. And he's who opened the restaurant or the bar?
0: He is the one who bought the bar. He bought, he bought the business for Mrs. Martini.
1: Who ran the restaurant. Who ran
0: the restaurant. Got and it. then it became a bar. And his friends, he was a painter and by love. And so his friends always, asked, you know, he was attending bar at different places. In fact, he had art shows at Specs, oh. And he was hosting art shows at Specs. Had a falling out. Oh, had a falling out. Sure, but it was very successful, um, and s- ended up over here owning this place as a as a hang for That's his such artistic like a, friends. It was Shakespearean. Really, it was like, a hang. I'll for, open a the No, it's very you know, and it's sure. very normal, right? It's sure. very normal. It's uh, you know, people work in one bar and decide to open their own bar, mm-hmm. and that has happened over the years in San Francisco, all over.
1: And in uh, other parts of the world, I, I feel like it's a human thing.
0: It is, well, yeah. To as say, Shakespeare. Like fa-
1: Shakespeare found
0: your own spot, and right? Found your own spot. So he
1: and it's a little bit of like oh, you know, look like across the street, thing. human
0: and, nature. Yeah, you know, human yeah. nature to like, like
1: siblings almost.
0: Yeah, like sibling
1: rivalry, healthy
0: competition. How Hel- you don't that's like it here? At? You can go right across the street and open your own. Yeah, and that's. I know what he did
1: Okay so Bookstore And what was her name That ran the restaurant Mrs. Uh, Minetti Mrs. Minetti Is the kitchen still back there? No No okay That's That's long long gone But then Henri Took What was a restaurant This space And made it into a bar Roughly like 1948
0: Yes 1948 That's right that's right, 1948 I
1: did the sobriety test that, I, I, did, I was like 75 I <laughs> Well, I just turned 50 oh, That helps, and then I was just like 25 from
0: that Right Forty-eight. No, so yes, 48, and then he ran it For many years successfully uh, Very successfully As
1: just, Vesu- as just Vesuvio, Vesuvio Just as
0: Vesuvio And it, it In the Well, okay, so he ran it very successfully From the 40s through the 50s in the early '60s, with the Vietnam War, things started to change. The, I'm not the Vietnam War. The was
1: It what was the Korean
0: in It was the Korean conflict, the Korean War. Okay. And when that started to change, there started there was a generational change starting yeah, to happen as sure, well. Sure. Sure. And so when that happened, and Henri's friends started to move along, and we moved from the Korean War into the Vietnam and the anti war. Mm-hmm. Henri found himself just not feeling it. Not
1: feeling it. Yeah. Not feeling not it. Um it.
0: it was just getting more difficult for him and and again there was a generational shift on. Yeah. So so he sold it. Okay. So he sold it to Ron Fine and a group of, of investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron quickly uh, Bought them out and brought on Leo Riggler to manage the place. And Leo had run the Coffee Gallery up in up on Grant Avenue, the very famous Coffee Gallery. And at that time, the Coffee Gallery just had beer and wine. And Leo mm-hmm. was wildly successful. Mm-hmm. He was um, Austrian. He was also a bon vivant, mm-hmm. confirmed bachelor. Lived at, down at the um, International Settlement, the I Hotel. The the, oh yeah, the yeah. Hotel. you know, mm-hmm. back in the day mm-hmm. when you know. Had a, just a ball. And so he came in and really made the bar, tightened the bar up, brought, they got a liquor license, brightened it up. Like mm. made it very, oh no, it always had a liquor license. Mm. Back, I'm backing up. Leah was successful with beer and wine. And so Ron, this place was not doing well because it, it kind of was not keeping up mm. with the times. And the times were sort of, it just was not doing that well. Leo came in and just changed it up. From Ron? From No, with er, Ron. With Ron. Ron Fine. Okay. And so, and Ron also hired an artist, Sean O'Shaughnessy, who's responsible for all of the decorative finishes that you see. Oh. The look, the distinctive look They're, of the <laughs> Yeah. Which we are always amazed when people say, this is such a beautiful bar. This is such a beautiful bar. Yeah. And... We are just amazed because it's such an eclectic collection, you know, mm-hmm. it's all kinds of art from all kinds of er- eras, but Sean, whose work is on display right now, his, um, his uh, acrylic on paper is on display right now. Like these? Down, down. I'll get
1: pictures. If you look
0: down in the art display. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So those are are representative of the art, some of the art that he did. But all of these decorative finishes that you see on the walls, all the decoupage, all the tile-esque looking work, Mm -hmm. as well as the mural, the main murals down outside, the poem, Sean is responsible for all of that, as well as the tables.
1: Yeah. A lot of this very
0: intricate decoupage um and collage work sorry collage work and brush work for instance the table where we're sitting Mm -hmm. he modified a brush to do that work wow and you can't we can't recreate that no we cannot find a font we cannot it's not only the
1: hand aspect it's the 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 implements that he yes, used also. Yes, It's yeah. the
0: modifications of his brush. Right. And he spent time, I believe, in Japan, where he was very... Oh, uh, yeah,
1: was, I see it. Was, I see the Japanese influence. He was, he was sure.
0: influenced by Japan. He was influenced by alien visitation. Okay. He did believe that he had seen some things that were otherworldly. Mm-hmm. He did have very strong images. And so if you look through the bar and you look outside on our... Uh, murals, you'll see repre- some of that representation. Um, Sean was born in L.A. and we oh, yeah. love him. So can I
1: ask quickly, um, but because I'm afraid I would forget, but the uh, itching to get away from Portland, Oregon—that was
0: Sean's idea.
1: And then it I noticed it came from a
0: postcard, actually.
1: Well, I noticed in an old photo downstairs of the place, of the alley, mm-hmm. that it looks like there's a different version of oh, that yeah. same thing.
0: It was recreated. It didn't end with Portland,
1: Oregon? Maybe it was like itching to get away from something, somewhere, maybe Portland?
0: I've never seen that. I've always seen it, we are itching to get away from Portland, Oregon, because it came from an old postcard.
1: Is that all you know about? Because I'm like, what the heck?
0: Well, exactly. I love it. Surrealism. Remember, surrealism was a movement. sure, Sure, sure. And this is part of the surrealistic movement.
1: I'm itching to get away from From Portland. Portland, Oregon. Oregon, Like, it's just, what
0: does that mean? Uh, It means we think it's a flea infestation back at the turn of the century. We believe that it's kind of like a jibe at the Portlanders. Sure. You know, I mean, San Franciscans are known to be a little. Just you know, a little arrogant about Um, our wonderful, our wonderful weather and culture. Yeah, and
1: and it's almost like you're not allowed to say like, "Oh, I went to Portland and I liked it
0: and I had a really good time."
1: Charming little place. it's not San It's not I, same, it's not I, it's I wouldn't
0: though. say we're completely chauvinist, but we're a little chauvinist. A little, yeah. Full I, of ourselves. I do like it though, and we we just had it recreated um, because or because we couldn't really restore it. It was coming off the, the tin under underlay, mm-hmm. and so we hired a, a scene painter oh. from the from the uh, scene painters union actually. And he for the itching to get away. Yeah, and okay. we had him. We had him do the current version, and it was really gratifying because once we put it up, it people stop and they just really oh, want yeah. to know about it. It, it it's it, an
1: attention getter. It, it totally sure.
0: is. And are you
1: familiar with Dr. Bob? in uh new orleans no he does the be nicer leaves. you've probably seen that mm-hmm. it's in new orleans they're uh, uh, all over all the bars yes yes in new orleans i just spent uh well about a year ago i spent three weeks there and where i was staying was really close to dr bob's little art studio factory like they just pump oh, out oh wow the the current version of the itching to get away reminds me of that aesthetic.
0: Oh, I'd love to get one. Oh, you should oh, just look at somebody, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob. Yeah, New somebody yeah. needs to bring me one from I'll do it. Oh, definitely bring me one. We'll put it up. It gives up. me
1: incentive to go to New Orleans.
0: Because we've got beware of pickpockets and loose, loose women, women And that came mm-hmm. from New Orleans. So I think, yeah. yeah, we love <laughs> yes, we love when people people show up with things and so over the years we've tried to both maintain the original finishes and look of Vesuvio but also that Shaughnessy Sha- that Shaughnessy created yes and okay. he also worked at other restaurants there hmm. other other restaurants and other bars uh, around I believe some of his work is at Red's Java House oh yeah that makes to, sense today um, but it's definitely not as good a condition we that we've added to our collection over the years, sure. and we do get new work, and I'm yeah. really proud of that. You know, I'm really proud of the people who are interested in in the beat movement, but in art in general. Uh, so
1: you just said the beat movement, and I was wondering, you know, the timeline. You, you, I think the way you phrased it was like with the Korean conflict, and especially moving then into the 60s and Vietnam, and the times are changing. To your knowledge, like, like mm-hmm. when did the bookstore here becomes City Lights, and and that, like
0: 1954, you know, 54, so f- 54. So five Little younger years younger than Vesuvio. Yeah, well, five years after Vesuvio opened as Vesuvio, City Lights, uh, Lawrence founded City Lights. Okay. So that brought in the the writers. Got it. And of course, bookstore writers, bookstore writers. I mean, and bar book writers, bar bookstore. So.
1: Yeah, yep. yeah. So basically, since about 54, there's been that this relationship uh, yeah but
0: before that it was it was definitely a bohemian um hangout really across a cross section of san francisco because because these businesses bars in particular were the working man's social club right and people lived in crowded housing, big mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. These were the places where adults came to get away and hang out.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you said uh, people in business suits, at first that threw me off, but it's exactly what you're saying. It's like it was a cross-section. It was...
0: It was a cross-section. Yeah. It was a cross-section, and it was, you know, we had the stock exchange down here. Mm. We had all kind. Con- insurance advertising was big in this Mm, district mm -hmm. back then. I'm big. Um, So lots of, just, there was a lot of activity, a lot of, a lot of suits and ties having a really good time. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Along with everyone else.
1: Right. And we're very near Broadway and Columbus. Which is what it is and always has been
0: it was it was definitely in the 70 late 70s when I got here it was rolling pretty good. Um, there were punk clubs and music clubs yeah. the Mabuhai right gardens here, was right here. here. Mm-hmm. that was my that was my very first job was cocktailing at the Mabuhai. Can we
1: go back? I love all this stuff, and we'll come back to Vesuvio, but I want to hear your story. So you've dropped in that you hitchhiked up here in the late 70s yeah. from
0: LA? Yeah, from Hollywood.
1: Is that where you're from?
0: I was at the time, Yeah. but no, I was born in Missouri, raised in Florida. Oh. I was 21, I had had my heart broken. Um, you know, in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. and I thought, I don't want to work here, there's no profession that's attracting me at all, or that I want to put down roots in, Mm -hmm. Um, I was not, I did not think the social organization was healthy for me, because Mm -hmm. I was raised in Florida on the beach with lots of different Mm -hmm. kinds of people, Mm -hmm. with NASA the space industry. Okay, so up near
1: that yeah. Cape Canaveral area. So yeah. I was
0: raised with people who traveled all over the world and had right. different kinds of jobs and right. and Los Angeles was very much a company town. So unless mm. you wanted to kind of work in any of those the industries the that industry. are big there. <laughs> right. Th- right.
1: Were you there with your family or on your no, own? No, I was on my own. Okay. I was
0: on my own. And I I just I found it I found people just hung out with others of their kind. Mm. And there wasn't a lot of cross Mixing clickish, of people.
1: what we call clickish now, yeah, or I, yeah, I, I
0: just think organized around what you do, your interests, common sure. interests, and sure. I, I just didn't find it varied enough or easy to be around different kinds of people. Sure. So I was going to Seattle because I thought Seattle. Would I was be just more... about to
1: ask if SF was your no, planned was, destination. No, I was on my way okay. to Seattle.
0: I was going to Seattle because I, I just thought it would be a more. Um, more working class more dynamic Mm -hmm. area Mm -hmm. you know more more conducive to people who do different kinds of jobs okay so so i stopped here though and that was it i was it was this time of year it was right before halloween Hmm. i had such a good time (laughs) that within a week i flew myself back down to la to get your stuff i came right back and i never left
1: That was Janet Clyde, co-owner of Vesuvio Cafe. We'll be back Thursday with Janet for part two. Look for that episode wherever you get podcasts. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our sixth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show, and drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Keep rejecting those silly doom loop narratives about our city. Stay wacky, weird, healthy, and creative. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaytush Shaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts.
0: This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM Podcast Network.